Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about what to do when therapy isn't progressing. I do see this conversation happening a lot in my private Facebook group, and I thought it'd be a good podcast episode because it seems like a lot of times parents second guess their their gut feeling that therapy isn't going well, and sometimes there are other things coming into play. And so I thought, that's a good thing to talk about. And I need to talk to you about something because I was supposed to have an interview today, and I had to cancel it because I live in Arizona. And so all the teachers are on strike and there's a huge sign on my kid's school that says no classes until further notice. (laughs) So it's kind of scary. They're going to have to make it up. So it's doubly scary because it's impacting their summer, but I have kids indefinitely with no plan to put them anywhere else, but right here, which is okay for me, but it really does put some other people probably in dire straits. You know, what are you gonna do with your kids? So anyway, my kids are here. They're probably going to be noisy. I've threatened them. I have threatened their lives, but it never seems to work. So they're going to come in here and they're going to be loud. And that's okay. Cause that's how life is. Life is messy, but this podcast will probably be a little bit shorter. At least that's my plan so that I can go back and interact with them. But anyway, let's talk about when your therapy isn't going well. The first thing you want to do when you're starting to get that weird gut feeling that your child's therapy isn't going well is don't sit on that. Don't wait until it's really unbearable for you to address it. So anytime you get just a small inclination that things aren't going the way that you want them to, or you're feeling like it's not productive, the first step is always to talk to the therapist. It's funny how people don't think that that's maybe a step to take. I mean, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people just make that conclusion that they need to switch therapists. But sometimes just talking to the therapist and saying, you know, where do you think therapy is going? Or I'm a little concerned because every time I bring my son here, he's really resisting. He doesn't want to come. Or every time I bring my son here, he's really excited because he thinks it's a play date. Or every time I bring my son here, he leaves and I say, what did you talk about? And he says, nothing. Whatever it is for you, bring it up. Schedule an appointment with the therapist one-on-one. I always feel like a good therapist will meet with you separately once in a while. And you can have a good therapist who doesn't do that. And I think it's a good mom or dad prerogative to say, Once in a while, I'm going to want to meet with you alone without my kids here. And I always offer that to all the families I see, but I also feel like if you're going to bring your child to a therapist and they don't suggest it, it doesn't mean they're a bad therapist. It may not be their style, but you can suggest it for them. You can say, is it okay if like once, you know, every three or four sessions, I just meet with you alone. So anyway, if you don't have that scheduled or if you just want to meet with them sooner, just say to them. I want to touch base with you without my kid here. That's fine. No therapist should be offended or concerned with that. And if they are, then that's a concern. So I think at every step along the way, as I talk about this, if your therapist is having a problem with this, 
that's going to be a concern because if you're approaching it in a very respectful, considerate, nice sort of way, you're not being disrespectful. You're not being confrontive. A therapist should be able to handle this. So then if you meet with them one-on-one address what your concern is, you know, I'm really appreciative that you're doing this approach, but my son doesn't seem to really enjoy therapy or, you know, I'm glad that my son's really liking therapy, but it seems like he's playing the whole time and he's really not getting anything from it. Just address whatever the issue is and try to be careful with how you phrase it because sometimes people aren't very tactful and you could offend somebody. So then give the therapist an opportunity to tell you what that is, what's going on. So they might have a reason for that. They might say, yeah, you know, he's not going to like coming for a while and I'm trying to build some rapport. Or the therapist might say, it does look like we're having fun, but these are the goals that I'm achieving while I'm doing that. I'm developing rapport. Your child is very defensive. I can't make any progress until there's some trust there. And so it does look like we're playing, but this is, this is my intention. Or we're playing, but it's a therapy game and this is what we're playing. Or we're doing exposures, but we're doing it in a fun way. They might have a reason for their approach and they may not. So... The first step is to just talk to them and and see if you like the answers they're giving you. Does it make sense? If a therapist has a big ego and they can't handle you maybe um, respectfully questioning the approach, I would be concerned with that because a therapist should see you as a teammate. You know, you're working together, you're brainstorming together. You are an expert in your child. They are hopefully an expert in the mental health field. And together, you are an expert for this kid. So no one is higher than the other because you bring a lot of information to the table that that therapist does not have. In fact, you're more of an expert on your child than that therapist is. The therapist just has an idea of how to help this issue, but you are the expert in your child. So there should be a collaborative feel to therapy and not, I am higher than you and I'm talking down to you as the therapist to the parent. That's my thought anyway. I mean, that's how I approach therapy. And that's how I would want to be talked to as a parent in therapy. So first up, talk to the therapist. Don't leave without at least talking, unless something really egregious happens that you think is, you know, quasi unprofessional or offensive, you know, then yeah, you don't have to talk to the therapist if you're like, they just said something so unbelievable. I'm out of here. Okay. Then you don't even have to listen to this podcast. It wasn't a good fit. You know, therapists are just like people. And I think I've talked about this in one of my other podcasts about how to find, how to spot a good and bad therapist. That was episode 46 on how to, how to spot a good and a bad therapist. And I talk about therapists as coffee beans. (laughs) Uh, It's whatever, but you know, they're, There's strong coffee and there's weak coffee and there's different types of coffee. And we all might like coffee. We may all need coffee, but not every coffee is for everybody. I don't like Starbucks. It's too strong. I really like Dunkin' Donuts. You might love Starbucks and be like, what? Natasha is crazy. Same thing with therapists. There's different styles, different approaches, different bedside manners, and not everybody is for you. So after you talk to the therapist, and, and maybe even before you want to secondly, check your expectations. Are you not happy with therapy because you're expecting too much too soon? And that might be a discussion also to bring in to the session when you are talking one-on-one with the therapist. 
are my expectations irrational or are my expectations too broad? What should be my expectations for this? What is my timeline? Because sometimes we want a quick fix and sometimes, you know, sleep is a problem and our child keeps waking us up and the therapist might say, you know, sleep is going to be the hardest issue to tackle. I I often say this in my therapy practice, parents will tend to really fixate on the issues that hurt them the most and not because they're being selfish or self-involved, but we need to function. And so if our sleep is impacted, then that we're going to hyper-focus on that. Or if morning routines are really rough, we're going to hyper-focus on that because it impacts all of our lives, right? So it's not a bad thing, but sometimes I will have parents who will really hyper-focus success contingent on how well I'm getting their kids to sleep or how well that morning routine is going. And sometimes that might be unrealistic. I always tell parents sleep is going to be the hardest issue to tackle. So we might be doing something that you might think is not related to sleep, but it's breadcrumbs to the sleep problem. If I can get them to feel safe during the day, then I'll have a much better chance of getting them to feel safe at night. Or if I can work on their intrusive thoughts during the day, then when they go to bed, they're not going to be, they're not going to be flooded with all these intrusive thoughts because I've worked on it during the day. So the therapist might have some goals that they're working on and your expectations might be maybe not realistic in the moment. Now, having said that, you might have completely realistic expectations. You might just say, you know what, Natasha, I just want to see movement. I don't care how big or small. I just want to see movement. I want one session to progress to the next session, to the next session, and see some small progress or at least some tools or some approaches that are being taken. And that, you know, that's totally okay. That's realistic. And so you should see that. You should feel, and I do talk about this in episode 46, but you should feel like therapy is progressing. Um, When I see parents, it's more, it's kind of run more like a class. And so there's a lot of psychoeducation in the beginning. This is what anxiety is, or this is what OCD is. There's some rapport building, getting the kid on board and getting them engaged. There's some normalizing, you know, this is, you're not alone. Anxiety and OCD is really common. This is how it works. And this is how we beat it. And then we move into pretty structured exposure response prevention. And so my therapy style, because I am a CBT ERP therapist, is very structured. And so parents aren't going to ever leave my session saying, what happened there? They're going to know what happened. They may not maybe like it. Maybe it's not moving fast enough. I'm sure there's probably issues, but you should leave feeling like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. So After you talk to the therapist, you check your expectations, you want to review your goals. And so that's very similar to the expectations, except maybe your goal is not aligned with the therapist's goal. So you want to check, what do I want from therapy? What am I expecting? What is my goal? And not just like, I want my kid to be better, but specifically, what do you want? It's important because I think a lot of times as parents, you cut yourself short And you just kind of depend on the therapist to assess your child and come up with the goals. You don't have to do that. You're intelligent. You know your kid. You're equal because you're bringing a lot of knowledge to the table. So if you had to think about it, what do you want? I just had to update my paperwork because I'm moving my practice to a different area of the 
Valley where I live. And one of the things I put in my paperwork is for the parents to say, and I actually think I had this in my paperwork last time, but I made it even more specific. What are your goals? If you had to name three goals, what are they? Because I want to hear what your expectations are for therapy, because that is what I'm going to provide. Not what I think. I mean, if I think that your goals are so way over the top or they're so not addressing the issue, I will probably have a conversation with you and say, I see that you left out this goal or that goal. Um, Let's talk about that. But ultimately, I'm going to respect what you want me to do with your child because this is your therapy. This is your child's therapy. This is not my therapy. So review your goals because maybe you don't have really any specific goals. You just know that you're not happy with a therapist. Or maybe you have very specific goals. Maybe your goal is to have your child go to school without crying, but you haven't really specified that to the therapist. And so they're kind of going and running with it without realizing that their goals and your goals are not aligned. So review your expectations, review your goals. And then after you've done all that, you want to consider, do you like or appreciate the approach that this therapist is taking? Because all therapists have different modalities, different training, and different things that they're really into. So we'll go back to the coffee analogy. Just like you love coffee and I love coffee, or maybe you need coffee and I need coffee, it doesn't mean that we're going to go to the same place and have the same experience. You might want fresh pressed ground, I don't even know what that is, (laughs) whatever. You might want fresh ground coffee beans and you might want an espresso or you might want a cappuccino and I might just want some simple straight up coffee. So therapists have very different styles and everybody thinks that their approach is the best approach. (laughs) That's just how, I mean, that's just how human nature is, right? So you have play therapists, you have psychodynamic therapists who are going to talk about things that a cognitive behavioral therapist wouldn't probably talk about. You have DBT therapists, you have neurofeedback, biofeedback, you have EMDR, you have a zillion different types of therapy, and that approach is going to be very different than someone else's approach. And so it may not be that you don't like this therapist. It might be that the therapist is cool and you totally get along with the therapist, but you don't like this therapeutic approach. So find what you like. I, of course, am similar to every other therapist where I think my therapy approach is probably the most effective. (laughs) Because it's research and evidence-based therapy for anxiety and OCD. So I'm a CBT ERP therapist. It's cognitive behavioral therapy with a focus on exposure response prevention. That's the most effective therapy for OCD. I can say that confidently because it is the gold standard of treatment and it's evidence-based. But there might be other people who say, you know, EMDR works really well for OCD. I would debate that because there's no research that's really backing that up currently. But... Every therapist is going to be different. So you can bring your child to a therapist and they might be a play therapist and they're going to work on the child's OCD through play therapy. I would never do that because there's no evidence to support that that's effective. But maybe your child is not wanting to work on their OCD. Maybe you're not ready for exposure response prevention. Or maybe it's anxiety and not OCD and you just want them to play it out. That's okay. But then you have to realize if you're bringing your child to a play therapist, don't get angry or upset at the therapist when they're not doing exposure 
therapy. They're not ERP therapists, so they're not going to do that. So sometimes you're getting upset with the therapist when it's really not their modality. Ask the therapist, what approach do you take? Currently, I bring my kids to a therapist, and I couldn't really find a, a child therapist that did ERP in my area. And I have three kids with anxiety, one with OCD. Now, the one with OCD, he really needs an ERP therapist, but there is not a child-friendly ERP therapist in my area. I've searched. There isn't one. There's one. Her name is Natasha Daniels, but there's a conflict of interest because she happens to be his mom. So I bring that child to a therapist, and I know that that therapist does not do ERP. I do not expect her to do ERP. I just want a safe place for my child to go to express their feelings. And so me and the therapist are on the same page. She knows that my goal for her is just to provide a warm, nurturing environment that's not mom, where my kids can go and express their feelings. And I meet with her every few weeks, or not really a few weeks, every few sessions, just to touch base. But that's my only expectation for her. And, and that's what she's providing. And I'll do the ERP at home because Really, I want my parents to do the ERP at home anyway as well when I train parents. And so I don't really see that as a big deal, but I don't have any other expectations for her where I'm getting frustrated because we we have a clear understanding of what her, her goals are, what her, her approaches and her comfort level are. And if I was not okay with that, then I would find someone else, but there is nobody else. And she's great. My kids love her. And so it's okay. So that's a good example of knowing what your therapist's modalities are, what their approaches are, asking them, I know what her approaches are, and being okay with that. Now, if you have a child with OCD, I would highly recommend finding a therapist in your area who specializes in ERP. But if you can't, you may not have an option, and that's okay. Then you educate yourself on ERP, and you find at least somebody who can provide some comfort to your child, but don't expect them to do ARP if they don't understand it and have a conversation about it because some therapists have a little bit more of an ego and they might say, oh, I completely know how to handle this. I completely know how to treat this. I'm going to treat them with this approach and it may not be the appropriate approach or they really may not know how to treat that. You can't know how to treat everything. I don't treat adults. I might treat kids who turn into adults because we have a long history and I know them and I'm not going to kick them out just because they're over 18. But if you're 55 and you come to me and you say, I have OCD, I'm not going to say, oh, well, come on in because I know OCD, so I'll treat you. No, because I know kids and I know kids that turn into adults, but I'm not going to treat a 55-year-old. If you come in to me and you say, I'm having marriage problems, I'm not going to treat you because I don't know anything about marriage therapy. I am highly focused. I spend all, I'm a big geek when it comes to anxiety and OCD. I read and consume anything and everything I can find on anxiety and OCD in children. I go to trainings, I go to conferences, I read new books because it's actually interesting to me. I don't read about borderline personality disorder. I don't read about your marriage. I don't read about what somebody should do when they have um, when they're they're getting older and they don't know how to handle, you know, I don't know, middle age. I don't read about any of that because there's no way any therapist has enough time. So 
understand that with your therapist, that you want to find somebody who's highly specific to your child and your child's issues. And if they're a one-stop shop, you might want to question them a little bit more and make sure that that one-stop shop can meet your child's needs. And some can, some therapists are just really good. Maybe they take everything, but they're really good with kids. So you want to, you want to really look into that. Lastly, you really want to trust your mommy or daddy gut. I see on my private Facebook group way too much. And by the way, if you're not in my private Facebook group, I know I say this every time, please join such a great group. I love the people in there. It's gotten so big that I can't comment on every thread. And I just go in there and I kind of read and observe. And once in a while I'll pop in, but, uh, that is at facebook.com backslash groups backslash AT parenting anxious kids. But they're a good support too, because a lot of times people will put questions in there, like saying, you know, I don't know, my therapist is doing this. Does that seem right? Or I want to break up with my therapist. How do I do it? And I really think you should go through these steps before you quote unquote, break up with your therapist. (laughs) And I think just that, that statement, breaking up with your therapist is, is indicative of a problem because you're not dating your therapist. (laughs) I know what people mean when they say that, but don't worry about hurting a therapist's feelings. This is about your kid. So if you are getting a mommy or daddy gut feeling that this isn't going well, then it probably isn't. Because if you're having that hunch, then either you need to have a good conversation with the therapist because they should be including you. And so you should always know where therapy is going, good, bad, or ugly. Or maybe you're picking up on something that is truly there. Trust your instinct because you know your kid. And don't worry about changing therapists. It's okay to be upfront and say, you know, I, I, you know, you can compliment them first and say, I like the way that you play with my son and he's really learned how to open up, but I'm really feeling like I need to find someone who specializes in CBT or ERP right now. And then, you know, once he gets better, maybe we'll come back. Like, don't be afraid to let them know what the issues are. Uh, I just feel like maybe you didn't, you know, the rapport wasn't there, or maybe, maybe she would do better with a female or a male or someone younger or someone older, it's okay. I love feedback. If somebody's going to be honest with me, I really appreciate that. Because as a therapist, how am I going to grow if I don't know what is maybe offending somebody? And so I personally do not see it as a bad thing. I appreciate it. If somebody wants to talk to me about any issues, I welcome that. I want you to come and tell me, hey, I'm having an issue with this because then I'll tell you, well, this is why I'm doing that. This is my thought behind it. If it's making you uncomfortable, then how about we try this approach? I appreciate that because I'm going to brainstorm with you and I'm going to come up with a plan. And if that plan doesn't work, then you can come back to me and say, you know what? I think we're going to take a break for right now. Don't worry about your therapist's feelings. This is not therapy for them. Trust me you might actually be making this therapist better and stronger because if they can learn that they did something that either rubbed you the wrong way or wasn't effective or made things worse, you're doing a service not only for your family and your child, but for all the future kids that are going to come into that practice. We take feedback very seriously and we should because your feedback tells us how we're doing. It tells us how 
well we're doing or how in tune we are with you. If I think I'm doing great and you come in and say you're not, I need to know that because then there's something that I need to take away to improve. It's just like what we tell our kids. Mistakes make us better. And we won't know that as therapists unless you're honest with us. So I hope this helps give you some ideas on where to go if you're feeling like therapy is not progressing. Talk to the therapist, check out your goals and expectations, ask them about their approach, see what approach you're looking for. And remember, most of all, you are the expert of your child. You're bringing something to the table and you are collaborating with the therapist. So you're a team. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hear my kids. They're coming in from the backyard, just about ready to make a bunch of noise. So I will let you go and I will talk to you next Tuesday. Don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do, even if your kid's school's on strike and you're with your kids 24 (laughs) seven sparkle, sparkle. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.